So let's talk about something that I call the hidden gear, okay? The hidden gear. And I wanna start off with two quick disclaimers. The first one being, if you can't do this, <laughs> you simply can't play college and professional basketball because it's actually required at that level. It'll be required uh, from your coaches in training camp in high pressure situations. Your teammates will look to you to do this. And so again, if you can't do what we're gonna talk about, you can't play at that level. It's mandatory, all right? And I wanna make that very, very clear. In addition to that, if you can't do this, you're not gonna do the, the volume of work and the type of work that's going to be required if you wanna reach that level, all right? Unless you're a phenom, of course, okay? So I, I'm gonna be assuming that um, you're just a hardworking player who's aiming at that level. This talk is going to be mandatory. On the flip side to that, if you misuse this tool, it can be just as damaging to your career. And a lot of players misuse it. A lot of coaches teach it in the complete and total wrong way, like a full-blown dangerous way, okay? So um, this is a talk that if, if you start it, you gotta be in full, for the full ride because it's very, very important. We're gonna make some key distinctions at the very end that are going to make or break how you use this hidden gear, okay? And by the way, that's not a technical term, that's just my word for it, so uh, not, not the scientific term by any means, but I'll explain exactly what I mean when I say the hidden gear with a quick story. So this happened in the summer after my ninth grade season when I was trying out for Team Ontario. And I think there was probably a little over 100 players at this tryout, and like many higher level tryouts, we did something called the beep test. So during the beep test, for those who don't know, it's basically this form of like audio torture, okay? So uh, it starts out where there, there's an audible beep and every player runs to the other end of the court and has to get there before the next beep. At the next beep, you run again back to the other end and you have to get there before the next beep. At the beginning, the beeps are very far apart and uh, you can kind of walk to the other end. Like it's, it's super, super easy in the beginning. And every 10 beeps or so, it goes up a level and the beeps get closer together. So we go from like maybe a walk or a light jog in the beginning to um, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. Finally, like a full-blown run at the higher levels, a full-blown sprint at the really high levels. And as time goes on, it's really a test, not only of cardio, but a test of wills. And you see players first, like as we started out, players are kind of walking or jogging or thinking, oh, this is pretty easy. You know, you're getting to the other end and the beep will happen five seconds later. And then you like casually jog to the other end, beep happens five seconds later. But then it gets faster. And first, the bigger, uh, heavier guys kind of drop off. The guys who are out of shape drop off. The guys who are just simply weaker willed, who can't withstand that level of um, like the burning in their legs and in their lungs, who can't withstand it, uh, they start dropping off. Before you know it, you've got like the guys who are really in shape and the guys who um, I would probably fall into this category who are just like really maniacal we were kind of the last ones left, all right? So I think at this point, there's maybe 10 people left and we're like in a full-blown run. We're in a full-blown full run. And one by one, people start to drop off. Now at this point in the beep test, I think we're probably at like level 12 or 13. At this point in the beep test, my mind is starting to make excuses. It's starting to think like, okay, you know, maybe I should just conserve my energy. Maybe I shouldn't 
push too, too hard. We've got games to play later on. Um, my legs are really burning. My lungs are burning. Like, is this even healthy? All of the crazy thoughts that, <laughs> that go through our minds when we're making excuses, like I had all of them. But for whatever reason, I kept on going. I really wanted to make that team. So uh, one by one, people drop off. And the next thing you know, there's only two of us left. We've reached like level 14 or 15 at this point of the beep test. And we're in like a full-blown run, struggling to make the beeps. Struggling to even, at this point, like my... I've got to say my whole body had gone numb. My legs were completely numb. I was sort of on automatic like a robot. I don't think my legs could have stopped moving at that point. They were just like disconnected from my body. Um, I was just, it was like an out-of-body experience. It was the harder, hardest I'd ever pushed myself. And I couldn't give up at this point because there's only one person left. I was so close to winning. That person I look over and realize is, <laughs> I still remember his name was Scott. He was one of the um, highest profile players who was trying out for Team Ontario. He went on to start for that team that season, that summer. And not only that, but he was in way better shape than me. Like really, 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 really good shape. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, oh no, okay, like I've got to give it all I've got. My numb legs keep on going, keep on going. I'm sprinting back and forth. Neither one of us wants to give up. And at one point, I remember I reached the end and I looked back and he was actually behind me at this point and I saw his mind break. I saw it just break. It was like all at once, he just gave up and said, this isn't worth it. And I remember thinking like, oh, he's, but he's in better shape than me, right? Like I, I'm pretty sure he is. Look at him. Like he was in really, really, really good shape. And that was, that was that. He gave up. I'm the last one left in this beep test. The whole gym is crowded around. They're cheering me on. Um, I'm struggling to make the each beep. And finally, I, I hit this one. I, I run back to the other side and my whole body just gave out. I didn't make it. <laughs> I realized in that moment, <clears throat> and I, I kind of just collapsed there, like a, my body must have been kind of shaking and convulsing. It had fully reached its actual limit, not my mental limit, but my physical limit. I could not go any further. And I realized that's my capacity. That's my capacity. Like I actually like <laughs> put the tank all the way to zero. And I had won this beep test in this Team Ontario tryout. Unfortunately, I didn't make Team Ontario, so it wasn't really worth it in the end. But um, it was worth it in the sense that I finally reached my limit. I found out what I was actually capable of. And in that moment, I realized I had never actually reached my limit before. This was further and harder than I'd ever pushed myself. And I found what now I'm calling the hidden gear. I found a hidden gear that I didn't know I had. And if I hadn't tapped into that hidden gear and kept on going far past what mentally I thought I was capable of, I wouldn't have won that beep test during that tryout. Now this hidden gear is something that most, like the vast majority of players in basketball, but also human beings, never discover for themselves. They never discover their actual limit, their actual capacity, and discover the truth of the matter, which is that as much as you're doing right now, as hard as you are working, as much as you can commit to a certain task, you can always do more, almost always, okay? In that beep test, I don't think I could have actually done any more, but in almost all cases, you can do more. When you are 
for example, like at the end of a, of a workout and you've got more drills, more reps on the schedule and um, you're just thinking to yourself like, man, I'm, I'm really tired. I don't really have to do this. I'll make it up tomorrow. You can always, always, always in almost all cases do those extra drills, do those extra reps in the weight room like the the exercises that you skip out on, the extra stretching at the end of the workout, the ice bath after, the cold shower after where you're negotiating with yourself before going into the cold and thinking, well, maybe I'll just do it hot this time. I'll do it cold next time. You can always do more. You can always do more. That is a simple fact. And if you can't tap into that hidden gear, okay, when you get to college training camp, you will get run over. You will get run over because your coach will require you. He'll actually be digging into you and trying to pull out that hidden gear, okay? Maybe there's some like soft schools out there that don't do this. I don't know. I haven't seen any. Once you hit that next level, this will be a requirement. So in your training, in your life, first discovering, like understanding the fact that you can always, 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 always do more, that's critical. Then putting processes in place to tap into that hidden gear on a regular basis, not too regular, which we'll get into in a moment, but tapping into that on a regular basis and really um, acclimating yourself to operating at that level. Maybe you don't, you don't have to do the beep test all the time, but simple, simple ways that we're about to talk about, that's really critical, okay? And being able to use this hidden gear in the right way is going to be, once again, like it's mandatory if you want to make it to the higher levels. Now, I say use it in the right way, very intentionally, all right? Because um, (laughs) this is sort of, this is where the rubber meets the road and the master is separated from the amateur. So the amateur might get a hold of this hidden gear and just press the pedal to the floor and use it all the time. This is what a lot of, like for me, myself, later that summer, once I discovered that I had more capacity, I just used it all the time. And I actually had a micro tear in my calf after about a month, (laughs) all right? So I had to take an extended period of time off, do physiotherapy, heal up, do all this stuff. So um, using the hidden gear as a lifestyle, which a lot of coaches talk about, a lot of like the rah-rah motivational types that aren't um, aren't as technical in their material, it's super dangerous. It's super dangerous. And it's just straight up masochistic, actually. There, there's no reason to be doing that. That's amateur level, like elementary school level thinking, all right? So that's not what we're talking about. The analogy I'll give to you is that it's sort of the old like hammer and nail analogy where when all you've got is a hammer, your only tool is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. So you start hammering everything you see, again, using that hidden gear all the time, but not everything is meant to be hammered. Glass breaks when it's hammered, okay? So the the amateur might use the only tool that he's got and way, way overuse it, do a whole bunch of damage in the process. The master is the one that uses the right tool for the job with the right amount of force and then puts it down, all right? He only uses exactly what is necessary. Sometimes that hidden gear is necessary, yes, and he's gotta keep that tool fresh, he's gotta keep it sharp, right, so that he can use it if necessary, but when he doesn't need it, he puts it down and he doesn't use it, all right? That is the difference between the amateur and the master, and that's what we're gonna get into now. This is that critical point that the disclaimer was there in the beginning for. This is why, if you watch this talk, you gotta watch it to the end for this next part, all right? So 
in a lot of the deep game work, this might be a little bit surprising that I'm talking about this with uh, some of our more experienced players who've been watching a lot of these talks. And we, we talk a lot about things like uh, that seem opposite to the hidden gear, right? Like taking two week breaks, taking two days per week unscheduled, doing um, easing up on your training and getting a more holistic view of your life, not being as obsessive and serious all the time. And it might be kind of like uh, confusing. Why am I talking about this hidden gear now, pushing yourself past your limit? Uh, isn't this like against those other talks? No, 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 no. The two-week break, the easing up on training, all of that stuff is are the other tools that the master uses. <laughs> different tools for different projects for different times, all right? If you don't have that full range of tools, you're not going to be as effective. And so the reason that we talk about we talked about those things first actually is because in my experience most of the deep game players i totally fell into this category are the obsessives are the uh what <laughs> basically are taking it too seriously are using that hammer for every single thing that they're doing and creating a whole bunch of damage in the process okay so for those players for the obsessives um again i say that lovingly like i am one of them <laughs> Taking the two-week breaks, things of that nature, are really, really beneficial. They get all they they make a lot of progress really quickly in doing that. Okay. On the other hand, you still got to be able to go uh, to both sides of the extreme. And the master is one that can travel the full continuum. He can rest completely. He can take two weeks off and fully disengage. He can also, at the drop of a dime completely engage that hidden gear and go way past the limitation that he thought he had in his mind, all right? And he can do this very fluidly. The master can switch between tools, uses them all in the perfect, um, at the perfect time with the perfect amount of force and then puts them down, switches between. The amateur, once again, uh, I'm gonna like reiterate this point. The amateur is the one that fixates on one tool, can't put it down, right? The hammer, that's hammering every single thing <laughs> and uh, making a huge mess in the process. So we've got to be able to do both. And uh, it, it's, it's, again, just as critical that you're able to do this in things like college training camp, for example, to click into that hidden gear is critical. If you don't have it, you're going to get run over. At the same time, there is, you know, <laughs> times when it really, really, really is dangerous to be using it. And so the question is, when do we use this hidden gear? All right, this is where the rubber meets the road. So the time to use it is when it is necessary. <laughs> when it is necessary. When it's not necessary, put it down. When is it necessary? Well, first of all, when the situation calls for it. So beep test, Team Ontario training camp, yeah good time to use it. Um, when I'm going back to my dorm room after that to rest up for the following day of games, should I go and run another beep test because like I want to push myself even further? Uh-uh, bad time to use it, right? In the weight room, okay, at the end of a workout, when you're negotiating with yourself and saying, oh, I don't need to do that extra set, but you know, like you can do it, you've got it in you, good time to use it. Click into that hidden gear, get yourself to do what is necessary to do. At the end of a set, when you can feel that the weight is too heavy and you shouldn't push any further, 
bad time to use it, all right? Put that weight down. When you've gone beyond technical failure, like put that weight down. You're at risk, all right? Um, very good time to use it. And this is like a, a really good practice here. Very good time to use it is when you are negotiating with yourself. Uh, you're trying to negotiate your way out of doing what you know you need to do, all right? So perfect example. In the morning, one of the things that we uh, have our deep game players do is this simple practice of taking cold showers, all right? Cold showers. And we have, uh, in the deep game program, one of the habits that we put in place is to do 60 seconds of cold water, as cold as it'll go, at the end of every hot shower. Um, certain players, uh, I do this most of the time these days, is to simply take a completely cold shower, so no hot water at all. Before I get into that cold shower, there is like not a day goes by that I want to get in, okay? Not a single day. There's never a day where I'm like excited to jump into this icy cold water. And here in Canada right now, the water is basically ice. It, it, like you go numb real quick. And uh, every day there is this negotiation that happens in my mind, these thoughts that arise that say, hey, like maybe you just do it hot this time. Maybe the cold isn't necessary. It's maybe you just ease into it or maybe you just skip it all together. You don't really need a shower right now, that kind of thing. Perfect time for that hidden gear to click in and to say like, uh-uh, this is not a conversation. <laughs> this is not a negotiation. Like I say we're doing this and it will be done. It will be done. And that's the kind of energy that that, hidden gear has, right? That's the energy that you take on when you click into that hidden gear. It's this will be done. No questions, no negotiations. It is happening, okay? That type of energy is really absent in, in like most of the world right now. You see, we see guys like Kobe Bryant who had a ton of this energy, right? He was dripping with it. Guys like Michael Jordan who had a lot of this energy. It's like, no negotiation, no conversation. This is happening. All right. That's the kind of gear that you need to be able to click into. And once again, it's not a gear that you stay at. Okay. It's a skillful thing to be able to shift between them. Kobe would go home, hang out with his family. And I promise you when he's like cradling, when he was cradling his, uh, little daughters, he was not in that hidden gear. He was at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And that's that's a really good analogy, by the way. Um, the, the mastery over this looks a lot like uh, a father to his daughter, right? When a father is with his baby daughter, he's so gentle and so loving and so like uh, just cradling her in his arms. He's not pushing anything. He's completely yielding and, and delicate and gentle. However, if somebody breaks into the home and he, uh, his daughter's life is threatened, you can be sure that hidden gear and probably several others are clicking into place and his daughter will not be harmed. No questions, just will not happen, okay? His life will be put on the line. That's what we're talking about here. The ability to shift between. You need to be just as soft as you are strong and just as strong as you are soft. In Western society, we've all seen like how uh, locked we are into the, the strength and that sort of, um, to use Taoist terminology, like in, in the yin and the yang, we are so yang heavy, so like, uh, so strong that it almost makes us brittle, brittle right? It's like iron is, is, has no flexibility. And so it, it becomes brittle. 
What you want is more of like bamboo. Bamboo is incredibly strong. You can build houses out of it. It also is incredibly flexible and pliable. If the wind comes, bamboo can be bent like this in a hurricane and it won't break. That is the real strength, right? Again, the father to his baby daughter who will cradle her as lovingly and as softly and as gently as necessary. And then at a moment's notice, when it's needed, can click into that higher gear, the hidden gear, and that animal can come out. So this is the type of mastery that I'm hoping to help you develop with this. Again, it's not a matter of like always clicking into that hidden gear and uh, pushing past your limit constantly. But practicing it regularly, keeping that tool sharp is really important because you're going to need it. So I've got a, uh, a quick exercise for you that you can do. I suggest doing this every day for two weeks, okay? Every morning for two weeks. As soon as you wake up, ideally it can be done at other times of the day, but it, it is best right when you wake up and it's going to help the rest of your day. We're going to do an exercise called the max breath, okay? We used to do this at our camp and uh, at camp, every player in the camp would lie down. Uh, you, you lie down with your back flat, flat on the floor and your knees bent like this. And you begin by taking a breath in as like as full as it'll go and holding it, okay? Stabilize in the holding of that breath. And once you're stable, take a little bit more air in, okay? So, Just like that, okay? I'm gonna let it out, but you're gonna go beyond that. And in this max breath, it literally, you're trying to reach your max capacity for breath. So as you, and by the way, this has all kinds of beautiful health benefits. Hyper oxygenates the blood, gets your metabolism going. It'll actually stimulate the detoxification pathways um, within your body. It, it's just an amazing way to start the day. You'll feel incredible after, by the way, but the psychological benefit is that you will be constantly tapping into that hidden gear, seeing your, yourself go a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and a little bit bigger, pushing a little bit past what you thought your limit was as you take a little bit more air in. This is a gentle and healthy way to practice this. Um, you don't have to go beyond failure in the weight room or anything like that. No, this is a really good way that's actually going to amplify your training. So once again, you take, you begin flat on your back in a relaxed position and you just take a full breath and then you sip air. Keep going and as you feel like you've reached your capacity, just settle into it, relax into it. Feel your body relax, but don't let that air out. Just relax into it, become stable at that big capacity and then take a little bit more air in. <clears throat> obviously you want to be careful. You don't want to like hurt yourself with this. It's very hard to hurt yourself. So I, you won't, but, um, practice like <laughs> just use, uh, use your discretion with this. Okay. It's like, be careful. Don't black out or anything like that, but push it, push it in a healthy way. Uh, first time I did this, I think I got to like 30 sips of air or something like that. The next time I did it, I got to 50. And before you knew it, I was doing like hundreds of sips of air and the capacity really grew, really, really grew. And what you find at every time we did this at our camp, I would actually cue the players. I would say, um, rather than them taking sips of air on their own, I would say a little more, take a break, a little more, a little more, a little more. And I would cue them. And every time, not a single player let that air out, ever, not once, <laughs> not once. As much as I would demand of them a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, nobody let it out. 
And at the end, uh, I still remember one of our players was saying like, wow, I, I thought I was gonna die. I thought I was gonna die. And yet he didn't. And afterwards he was like energetic and glowing and full of, full of life force of oxygen of vitality. <clears throat> and he once again discovered like he always had more inside of him, okay? So again, don't push this till you black out, please, please, okay? Disclaimer, like deep game will not take responsibility for any misuse of these techniques, like use your discretion. But this max breath exercise is a really good one for pushing past what you think your, your, what you think your limits are, okay? Tapping into that hidden gear a little bit in a healthy way. After this, perfect thing to do is the three-minute cold shower. No hot water, just three minutes of cold. And watch that negotiation happen in your mind and then get in anyway. It's like engaging that this will be done, no questions asked energy, all right? Engaging that, strengthening it. If you do this for two weeks, um, you could do this every morning, actually. It'd be a really good practice for you, but two weeks to really like engage that muscle, you're gonna feel very different very, very different. All right. So I hope this helped you out. I know we went in uh, a few different directions here, but like th this is a big one. This is really key and engaging, sharpening, practicing, strengthening that hidden gear within yourself. It's sort of like most players think that they're uh, 350 power horsepower sports car. <clears throat> we think we can only go to 350 and then something happens like in that beep test for me and you realize, oh wait, I've, I've got like 500 in me. Wow, what was, where was that 150? Like, why was I not using that? <laughs> and once you realize you always have more inside of you than you think, like it opens up a whole new world of power within yourself to um, get the job done, <laughs> right? No questions asked that will be done. So, Again, I hope this helped you out. Uh, use this with discretion, use it wisely. Um, don't fixate on it, don't lock into only operating with that hidden gear. Shift between gears like a real master will would, the entire continuum is necessary. All of the disclaimers still apply here. Practice that max breath, practice the cold shower. It will help you uh, a lot. Two weeks from today, you will feel really, really, really strong. And uh, yeah, I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com or click the link in the description and it'll take you to our free Deep Game Masterclass where you'll actually learn the entire Deep Game of basketball with all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know as a high-level basketball player. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives and it's completely free. So go to deepgame.com right now or just click the link in the description and I I can't wait to see you there.